Hey everybody, welcome to the Twistcast, the official podcast of the Twisted Kate. My name is Sam. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse. And I really needed to concentrate to do that intro. I had my eyes closed and everything. Yeah, I mean, that was like his third try, just so everyone at home is listening. Yeah. Knows. It was pretty funny. Yeah. The second one was hilarious. It's <laughs> been a long day, come on. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Jesse has paint all over him. Yes, I do. We were painting my house. It was a day. So... We have a ton. We're already off track. It's already, it's already yeah, ridiculous. It's already I there, love it. Yeah. We have a ton of news tonight. And I know I say that every time, but seriously, there is a shit ton of news tonight. Er, so, Mike, bird. you go. All right. So, as always, we start with comic book news. Uh, I'm going to lead with something that we're going to talk about later. Uh, we've lost the great Stan the Manly. Uh, it is tough. Uh, we, will, we will fully unpack that in a little bit. But I, wanted to, I didn't want to bury the lead. So, um, moving forward, uh, Marvel announces uh, an Old Man Quill series. They love doing these things. <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't think that was one that needed the Old no, Man. but I don't think so, but okay, whatever. It's all right. You do you, Marvel. Uh, Stan will be honored in on uh, Marvel January and December covers. December this year, January next year. Probably should have written that differently, but, eh, you know, what do you got? <laughs> They're just going to do some time travel, you know. Yep. Uh, it wouldn't be out of the realm of comic book stuff. Yeah, exactly. Despite being killed off, uh, Daredevil is getting a relaunched book from Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto. I'm probably, uh, yes, of course. I probably butchered the shit out of those names, but Zdarsky uh, was doing Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man and Marvel 2-in-1, the spiritual successor to Fantastic Four before Fantastic Four relaunched, so just so you know. Um, I didn't know where to put this, but I saw it and it was a touching story. Bat Kid is cancer-free. I did see that, yeah. yeah it was nice. It's awesome. I'm, He's been in remission for five years now. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, there's a new title called Wolverine Infinity Watch, and it's been teased by a picture of Logan possessing the Infinity Gauntlet with claws popped through it. What? Which is pretty badass looking. So, yeah. Wait, watch. so does that, real quick, does that imply that his adamantium is stronger than the metal used for the Infinity Gauntlet? Uh, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I think you're thinking too much about this. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, well, you know, it's not like tin. Aluminum foil. I might just make an aluminum foil infinity gauntlet. The most broke-ass <laughs> infinity gauntlet of all time. <laughs> Let's go. Um, Marvel have announced... Had some extra Reynolds at home. Just thought I'd... Uh... <laughs> I got some heavy-duty tin foil right here. I can, we can Wife is like, right what now. the fuck are you doing? Just make an infinity gauntlet. Leave me be. <laughs> I can't wait to snap holding it. Probably light my house on fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Marvel announces Hulkverines, which is about as ridiculous as it sounds. Uh, and it will feature Hulk and Logan tracking down Weapon H, who is a mashup of Hulk and Logan. Good. Uh, it is a Hulk with, with Wolverine claws. It's That's ridiculous. ridiculous. Good times. Uh, DC <clears throat> will be celebrating Detective Comics 1000, which is a huge deal. It's a it big is. deal. Um and 80 years of Batman with a hardcover book, as well as that Detective Comics 1000 being a 96-page issue Whoa. as of now. Yeah, so look out for that. Uh, Wolverine and Cyclops will reunite, reunite in 2019 in a project called The Last X-Men, uh, which sounds ominous as shit. <clears throat> uh, New Outsiders, which will be spinning out of uh, the current detective comics will feature a lineup of jefferson pierce aka black lightning katana duke thomas aka signal 
Barbara Gordon, aka Batgirl, and Cassandra Kane, aka Orphan. Um, <clears throat> quickly hopping back to what a I'm sorry, what a dumb name, Orphan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's you know, you, look, you have to you have to just assume that at some point they're going to be dumb names. I mean, comic characters have been around for for what ninety years, something like that now. Uh, you're gonna run out some ideas. Just, uh, just, yeah. Just grab some letters out of this bag, Batgirl, this Scrabble bag. Batman, Nightwing, Orphan, Orphan. <laughs> What's your power? I don't have parents. Oh, really? Neither do we all. <laughs> Untrue. Batgirl has a dad. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Just she, she's more akin to a Disney princess than anything. <laughs> Listen, stop poking holes in my <laughs> my nonsense. <laughs> Jumping back, uh, Marvel promises devastation along with Cyclops' resurrection, uh, which always bodes well in the X-Men universe, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of X-Men, Wolverine's hot claws we talked about a little while back, uh, they may be due to him possessing the Phoenix Force, which uh, kind of just revealed itself recently in the Thor book. In the future, Wolverine is possessed by the, by the Phoenix Force, so kind of neat. That sucks for everybody else. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> he has some anger issues. Yeah. Uh, so hang with me on this one. Okay. DC is adding repl- reprints to its black label, and that okay. will include All Star Superman, DC the New Frontier, Watchmen, Kingdom Come, Frank Miller's Ronin, Batman Year One, All Star Batman and Robin, The Boy Wonder, Batman the Dark Knight Returns, Batman the Dark Knight Strikes Again, Batman the Dark Knight The Master Race. Luther, the 10-year anniversary edition, Joker, the 10th anniversary edition, Batman Arkham Asylum, The Joker, Batman the Killing Joke, a regular version of Watchmen, Batman Year 100, Superman Red Sun, one of my favorites, if you haven't read that shit, read that shit, Batman The Long Halloween, also really good, Black Orchid, Batman Dark Victory, Batman Haunted Night, and Catwoman When in Rome. So are you sure it's the DC Dark label, not just the DC Batman label? It may, it may as well be, but unfortunately, there, there's there's a trend here is that Batman receives a lot of their best stories. Like it's, you can't deny it's true, that. True, but goddamn. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, so what what's the criteria for being on the black label? It has to be. I'm, I'm assuming a more adult storyline, which is why I'm sure Watchmen is there. I, oh my god, I love that so much. Yeah, Watchmen's fantastic. Oh, I cannot wait for the HBO series. I got some stuff on that in a minute. Ooh. Uh, that's what you call a tease. Um, oh, you tease. <laughs> I am. Uh, Voyager returns for a spiritual successor to No Surrender, the weekly Avengers event that happened at the beginning of this year, uh, called No Road Home, and it will feature the same creative team. I'm not sure if it will be another weekly series or not, but we'll see. These spiritual successor, like, no matter what it is, I'm never into it. <laughs> I am a little concerned, but it's the same team, so I don't feel too like weird about it like the the main avengers book is so good in general um that i i you know it's nice to get a different perspective we'll see okay uh this might perk your ears up really quick april's war of the realms has been compared to secret wars in scale oh yeah what yeah so i saw a teaser for it like a, a teaser image and the amount of characters on this thing were out of control. Like one of the, one of the characters was writing something mystical, and I'm gonna say it in a second. It's gonna sound 
Like I'm making it up, but I I swear to God I'm not making it well, up. Well, it is made up. It's well, <laughs> look, it's it's a He's thing. He's not making it's it real. up. It's real. Okay. No, it's real. It's real. We're running with it. Real. Uh, is Captain America riding a unicorn? And <laughs> it, that's not something I ever thought that I would say out loud, but it is. It is, and it looks amazing. And I kind of want it tattooed straight across the front of my body. Um, and <laughs> finally, wow. <laughs> De- okay. Detective Comics will uh, introduce a new version of the Arkham Knight. Um, okay. uh, possibly similar to the video game. We'll see. We'll see. Moving on to Worlds of DC. Worlds. <laughs> God. Uh, Hugh McGregor will likely reprise his role. Really kicking in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh McGregor will likely reprise his role as Black ground? Mask no. okay. in a future Batman film. If they don't fuck that up, uh, Birds of Prey uh, casts uh, Ella J. Basco as Cassandra Kane, who will likely be Orphan. Orphan. <laughs> Sam, say it out loud. Say orphan. Orphan. I hate them. <laughs> I hate orphans. I hate all the orphans in the whole world. Fuck these orphans. <laughs> all right. So this one, you, know, you might need to stay with me a little bit. Not your Libre fans, anybody? A little bit. A little bit. Uh, trying to blow through this news, man. It's loud. Sorry. Uh, Chris McKay has been hired to direct the Johnny Quest movie, which might not make sense for news, except that it effectively pulls him away from Nightwing for the time being. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that that is kind of revealing. Johnny in and of Quest. Itself. That would be cool. Yeah, I like Johnny Quest. Always have. Uh, Ezra Miller says the Flash movie is still being made. Uh, but I, d- I don't believe it. The rubber band man himself. <laughs> and he's calling it, he, he's saying, uh, we're making a fucking crazy dope Flash movie, uh, which I feel awkward saying as an adult. Yeah, that doesn't really instill much confidence. Making no, it really doesn't. crazy dope. But he also doesn't say whether or not he knows if Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers is recasting Superman and Batman. Like, he just played coy with it. So, well, interesting. He knows they're not. It was announced that they're not. Did they say whether he's recasting? No, nope. they're recasting him though. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, you are making this fucking dope Flash movie, but I'm with, not. I'm in not it. in it. That's why he's gonna be fucking dope. <laughs> Damn. So I know we talked about this briefly before about the trailers. Uh, Death of the Superman and Reign of the Superman will both be coming to theaters, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Um. Shazam is getting an increased budget and additional reshoots, which I see as positive. I mean, yes, but aren't we getting a little bit close now to like for reshoots? It's March. Okay, well, doesn't may- usually like well, not like really. Because sometimes, sometimes that happens late late in the production cycle. Okay, I mean, um, yeah, if, who knows? If they're ninety five percent finished with all filming and everything is like in post already, but they're just doing some scenes that they need to do effects on, especially if they don't need to do many special effects. Yeah, that that increased budget actually tells me they're probably doing more effects. Right. Well, then they have some work to do, but it's not going to be for the majority of the film. But we've learned from Warner in the past that just because they throw more money at effects does not necessarily mean it's going to be better. That's a good point. Uh, Jeremy Irons will be playing Ozymandias in the Watchmen HBO series, which is interesting because he was Alfred. Yeah. So we have an Alfred being Ozymandias. So... So wait... Weird. Dr. Manhattan did some fuckery here. Yeah, probably. He definitely did. 
All right, so there's a bunch of streaming stuff here. So Will Patton was cast as the villain in Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing casts its lead roles in Andy Bean as Alec Holland and Derek Mears as Swamp Thing. Uh, Kevin Durand will play Jason Woodrow uh, on Swamp Thing. And the pilot actually just started filming. So all that just kind of dropped and right into our laps, which is nice. Um, so Titans keeps teasing Batman. Like, almost like a half of the episodes that have aired so far have had some kind of Batman reference, uh, despite never offering concretely whether or not Batman will show up. Like, like there's one, there's literally a scene where there's like Bruce Wayne, a silhouetted Bruce Wayne up in a, in a fucking window looking down Dick Grayson and nothing. It was like, <laughs> look, just, sh- just show the motherfucker. Like you don't have to have me in the bat suit, but do us a solid, do us the solid. Damn. <laughs> uh, Young Justice season three premieres January 4th, which I'm super, super hyped for. Um, hmm. But one episode at a time? Um, you know, I don't know. I will look and I will find out for next podcast. Okay. Uh, Elseworlds, despite saying they wouldn't have any Legends, will apparently feature a Legends of Tomorrow cameo. Um, there was an Elseworlds synopsis that dropped. It may or may not be it, but I will share it with you. Uh, the three-night event begins with Arkham Asylum, Doc, John Deegan, rewriting reality which results in Oliver and Barry swapping lives. So in this new reality, Oliver Queen looks like Barry Allen, and Barry Allen looks like uh, Oliver Queen. And the two heroes are the only ones who know that they're in the wrong lives and have each other's powers. So this explains what's going on in the recent promos, um, and also explains why they've swapped costumes. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some promos for it, and honestly, I, I laughed out loud because... It was weird, right? Like, Listen, there's like no explanation for it. Amel doesn't look good in the flash. No. Uh, however, Grant Gustin does look good in the arrows. Yes, he does. And then I don't know what the hell they were thinking, letting a promo shot of the dude who plays Flash, like the older guy. Oh yeah, John Wesley um, Ship. Yeah, that costume looks like a velvet nightmare. <laughs> like not to quote a Christmas story, but. Well, they were trying to be faithful to the 90s costume, like, a lot. Yeah. I think. I'm sorry. That's a pink nightmare from A Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so, s- staying with uh, the CWDC stuff, the Black Lightning moves to Mondays in early 2019, while Legends of Tomorrow takes a three-month hiatus. Monday. Which seems a little weird, but, you know, what can you do? Kevin Smith is returning to the Arrowverse to direct an episode of Supergirl. Oh. Some late breaking news. We have a Lex Luthor cast for the Arrowverse. Not really thrilled about it. It's John Cryer from oh. Two and a Half Men. Okay. Yeah, Jesse's face is fantastic. I wish we had a picture. <laughs> I think he's broken. I think he's broken. He's what? broken. What? <laughs> he broke. We broke him. What? <laughs> oh, okay, let's keep moving. Yeah. Uh, so Batman, well, in in everybody fucking knew this coming in. Batman is confirmed in the final season of Gotham. Um, no. And it may feature a time jump uh, as set photos reveal an older Jim Gordon. 
Honestly, if they did a time jump, I don't think I would know the difference. The show is so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it, it really is, except everybody still has flip phones, which is odd. I, uh, I can't get a beat on when this show is set. Because like, I mean, all the cars the look cars so are old, but they, they have flip phones. Exactly. I'm just like I'm so confused. I, like, <laughs> There's no point in time where this works. I don't get it. It's not Where? steampunk. It's not. It like, looks like it should be set in the 20s or 30s. <laughs> Except. <laughs> it's so weird. The, the cop cars are from the 70s. <laughs> the technology is from current day. Sort of. Like, sort of. Like, like 20 years Early ago. Early 2000s day. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's just so strange. But it, again, train wreck though. I can't stop watching. <laughs> can't wait to see it. Uh, all right. So we're going to jump into MCU and their TV stuff. So Punisher seems like it's on the way back to Netflix soon based on tweets from the, the main show account and the the main star, John Bernthal. Um, John Bernthal's was particularly interesting because he quoted the tweet from the show account and then he wrote TikTok. Hmm. So I feel like it's something is incoming sh- soon, I hope. Nice. Um, filming, or as my original copy here said, Gilming, uh, has begun for Cloak and Dagger Season 2. Eternals is slated to start production late next year. Um, Doctor Strange director Scott Derrickson, um, his home was affected by the fires out in California. Uh, He was able to save the original Agamotto from the fire, and the fire wiped out his home. So, you know, maybe he can just use that as time stone and just run everything back real quick damn well probably not because it's not real unfortunately what i'm imagining right now is a dude from indiana jones picking up the medallion and burning his hand <laughs> this guy rushing back into his house to pick up the eye of agamotto oh my god nailed it nailed it right there right there thank you uh that was terrible uh captain marvel will allegedly <laughs> take place in 1995 um Odd choice for the year, but it fits right in with the blockbuster young Sam Jackson motif. I'll yeah. in two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A ripe old age of two. Good job. Uh, John C. Riley is unsure of his future in the MCU at this point. Um, well, yeah, Xandar got destroyed, so I mean... Yeah, but he doesn't know if he's going to be in any future movies. I mean, yes, Xandar did get destroyed, but it doesn't mean that he... he yeah. I mean... Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, we don't know. We have no idea. Uh, speaking of Guardians, Disney is bringing a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, coaster to Disney World. Uh, I know they're doing one in Disneyland as well, but yeah. the one in Disney World will be the largest floor, concrete floor bed that Disney has ever made. And it will be in Epcot, if I remember correctly, um, which is encouraging because that's that's huge. Um, I love indoor coasters, so it's fun. Well. Wow. Yeah, so to make up for the fact that they fucked up royally with Guardians of the Galaxy, let's build a roller coaster. I'll take the trade-off. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Speaking of their director situation, they're heavily considering director Travis Knight, who has directed Kubo and the Two Strings, as well as Bumblebee. Uh, Sorry, I couldn't say that with a straight face. uh, To direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So, oh, how far they've fallen. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not quite DC levels of fucking up, but... Grasping at straws here. Yeah. Bumblebee? Really? How much have we heard about Bumblebee? Uh, fucking Ku- nothing. Kubo and Two Strings was uh, inventive. Really? Because I'd never heard of that movie. Really? It was an animated feature? 
No. I feel like I've once heard of once. it. I've, I've heard more about it than I have Bumblebee. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, look, we don't need anything to do with Bumblebee. Uh, but whatever. Uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie Alexander, who plays Lady Sif, teases a role in the Loki Disney Plus show, uh, which could be cool. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Sebastian Stan is unsure if he even has any scenes in Avengers 4. Um, he said, and his rationale was actually kind of interesting. They did everything all at once, knowing that there were going to be two movies. Um, he said most of the scenes that he shot ended up in, in one. So he doesn't know. It's like his, they were so, they operated with such subterfuge with the scripts. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what was real, what was not, and what goes in what movie. So he's just like, I don't know. Wow. Huh. That's really interesting. That is. So, uh, yeah, they're they're a little crazy over there. That's a good piece of news right there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I only find the best nuggets of news for you, Sam. <laughs> uh, Once Upon a Dead t- Deadpool is the recut PG-13 version of Deadpool 2 with 15 minutes of new footage, and it's in theaters for 12 days starting on December 12th. 12 days for the 12 days of Christmas, so on and so forth. Whatever. Uh, Oscar Isaac, who was Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse, okay. ripped X-Men Apocalypse. He just, wow. he just tore a new one because <laughs> it wasn't a great movie, and it wasn't a great movie. So, Yeah. Uh, you know, interesting. I did uh, enjoy Olivia Munn, though. That was I nice. did too. Uh, and that, <laughs> that, that comics accurate costume. Yeah. Delightful. Uh, so I didn't want to do it, but I, I had to. I'll talk about the People's Choice Awards real quick, you guys. Um, Why? Because a lot of a lot of our stuff ended up there, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so I'm going to start with The Incredibles because I love that movie. Um, I have still yet to see the second one. Oh, yeah, yeah me, me too. Me I too. need to see it so I mean, bad. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Incredibles 2 won for best family movie I mean, of the year, of course. It had it's to. great. Uh, Avengers Infinity War wins movie of the year and action movie of the year. Hmm. Uh, Denai Guerrero wins Gurira. What? I think. Gurira? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm terrible with names. Uh, wins. Okoye. Oh, Okoye. okay. Thank you. Uh, wins action movie star of the year for Black Panther. Okay. I mean, she deserves it. She hit a dude That's with awesome. her wig, dude. Exactly. It's great. It's fantastic. She was fantastic. Um, I don't know how they how they got here, but ScarJo wins female movie star of the year for Avengers: Infinity War. Really? Um, she she was barely I, in the movie. I don't think I even put her on my twisty list. I. <laughs> it's all right. Look, it's People's Choice Awards. They don't really. They're not really in this thing. I mean, let's let's be serious. The only reason I'm bringing it up is because they even mentioned us, our stuff here. Uh, Chadwick Boseman wins for male movie star of the year for Black Panther. Obviously, yeah. there you go. Um, some more awards. Agents of Shield wins the HPA award for visual effects, which is interesting because it competed with Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow. So, huh? Yeah, Agents of Shield does a really, really good do. job. They really did. They really did. Um, speaking of the Agents of Shield, it's coming back for season seven, and season six hasn't even aired yet. No way. I thought six was supposed to be the end. Yeah. Nope. Nope. They they were Disney was like, fuck it, you guys are getting another season. Disney Plus. <laughs> Is it gonna be like another half season? Do we I don't know, I don't know. Uh they didn't release a whole lot of information as of uh a record date. Um like that just dropped. Like you know, okay. you know what probably happened? Like a couple Is hours ago. ABC has they're going to produce it, and then Disney has syndication rights, so it's going to go. Oh, probably. It's going to go right from ABC to Disney Plus. I'd take it. Um, strangely enough, 
Neither of the press releases mentions Clark Gregg on the cast list. Is he supposed to be in season six? I have no idea. Because they tied off his storyline pretty nicely at the end they, of five. They yeah. did, um, but there's there's no there's there's no definitive. Um, I'm sure, but Ian DeCastecker, I think mm-hmm. is how you say his name, uh, Fitz, yeah, is in like he's in, on the cast list for the next couple of seasons. So I don't know how that's going to work because uh, spoilers, boy, dead. So, well, didn't didn't he still have his body floating around in space? Yeah, but shouldn't that then fuck up the timeline? This is Agents of the Shield. We're not too concerned about the timeline. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they haven't really established that. So, like, hopefully they address that early on, and we'll figure out real quick whether or not that actually makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, Jared Leto's Morbius has begun production. Um, is Jared Leto Morbius? I believe so. Huh. I just, uh, I, I don't, I don't have any faith. I don't have any faith in that. Jared that Leto better. looks like a vampire. He looks like Morbius. <laughs> he, he does, but I don't have faith in Sony, despite the fact that Venom is still on like top 10 box office right now. Yeah, it's making a lot of money. It is, which is the, the most uh, disturbing thing you could possibly come across. You know, if if you're not a fan, like if you don't know all the things about Venom like we do, it could be a pretty entertaining movie. It could. It could. But for us, it's like cringeworthy yeah. because we're just seeing all the things that should be there and aren't. I was thinking about the doctor, man. That, that doctor just like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah. Uh, and, and finally, oh, this is a little sad. Um, Stan was talking to the producers of Into the Spider-Verse, Stanley, mm-hmm. and he pitched seven ideas within 45 minutes, which is, is a lot for the, for the movie. Um, and in addition... He, while he was doing his uh, voice cameo. So he shows up there, obviously. Um, finally, video game stuff. Uh, Joker and Harley Quinn skins are being added to PUBG. Uh, sure. Wait, what? Yeah. What's Wait, what's PUBG? Player, Player. Unknown Battlegrounds. It was like the original uh, Battle Royale thing. Okay. Like, like Fortnite. Gotcha. Those types of things. It's just a lot more realistic. and. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well... Interestingly, I'm just reporting this because of you know a lot of the PS4 stuff we've been talking about lately. Uh, PlayStation will be skipping E3 next year. Yeah, still don't know why. And that's weird. But I know Microsoft did that this year, so I think a lot of the big um, publishers are starting to move away from it. Uh, I think I think Microsoft skipped it because they didn't have as much to share as they wanted to. Um, well, Microsoft they didn't skip it. They booked a venue five minutes down the road from it and had their own conference. Oh, oh so there could be some behind-the-scenes stuff mm-hmm. going on there. Yeah, that's weird. And finally, Black Friday will feature a one-terabyte PS4 bundle featuring the new Spider-Man game for $200. Get and it, it. Will be everywhere. Guess who's getting it? Your boy's getting it. Yeah. Your boy's going to get it. About goddamn time. But I'm going to hand it to my wife and tell her to wrap it and give it to me for Christmas. So <laughs> uh, so you're really going to hold off playing Spider-Man for that long? Yes. I don't I, believe it. Look, I'm trying to do some, I'm trying to finish some school stuff because if I start playing it now, just my life is over. At least if you wait until Christmas, you'll have all three DLCs to go with that it. That is true. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm doing it that and way. And you can play them in progression. That's right. That'd be awesome. It's going to be fun. Plus, my kid's going to love watching Spider-Man just swing around the city. I cannot wait I love it. just watching Spider-Man swing around the city. Me that's too. True. And that's news! Uh, now we are going to be talking, honestly, or, all right, so, in my opinion, probably the best season of any Netflix Marvel oh, show. Hands down. Yeah. High praise. Um, that's just my opinion. 
Jesse agrees with me. Um, Mike, you still have a few episodes left to go. I do, I do. So I'm going to ask you guys some questions. Okay. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. I like these interviews. I know. It's fun. It's fun for me because <laughs> I'm usually the one doing a lot of the talking. So uh, it's fun for me to just kind of get, get a little feedback here. So I'm going to break this down in a couple different ways. Uh, we'll talk about some character arcs. We'll talk about action sequences. Uh, action sequences. Can't speak. Uh, Don't speak. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying either. Uh, we'll talk about some pacing and no story. Reason. Uh, we'll talk about your your best and worst moments and then what you thought overall. Okay. Uh, so let's start with some character arcs. So how did you guys feel about Matt slash Daredevil slash Dude in Black's <laughs> uh, uh, character arc throughout the entire season? Was- I thought it was really interesting. He had a very big like redemptive arc about him. Like He just got out of having a building fall on him. Um, ends up at uh, St. Clinton's, is it? Uh, I don't remember the name of the, the, the church or whatever it is. Whatever it was. But, but it's, his, the it's church. his normal church. Yeah. yeah, the church. And he basically wakes up and it just ba- basically says, fuck God. Like, he wasn't there for me. I'm done being Matt Murdock. I just want to be the devil of Hell's Kitchen. But, like, he's living, so he was there for Yeah, <laughs> but this is this is what's going through his head at that point. Okay. It's it just like it's watching cr- him... Per- it's, it's So it seems so far to me like he's having a real crisis of faith. Yes, it's a very big crisis of faith at the beginning of the season. Yeah, what I've seen. Yeah. Um, and then really as, up until halfway through the season. Yeah, that's when he finally starts like, okay, I can do this, I can be Matt and Daredevil, and I can rely on other people again. Like I can actually trust people to help me out. And I think that was just interesting to watch from start to finish. Awesome. Yeah. And to me, it was... A little bit annoying. Uh, I don't. I don't know why he would lose his faith in his friends, because they didn't do anything to him. Exa- All that, they did was. Try I was and help. a little confused about that. So you know, here, here's the thing. I I can possibly offer out up there, like when you've had such a life changing experience, sometimes you just kind of lash out everywhere, and and you just you mentally you're not you're not firing all cylinders yeah and i think he was more on the fact that like at that point he wanted to just assume that he was dead basically yeah and he wanted to work on his own and not have to burden them with this yeah, yeah. i mean bros concussed <laughs> hard <laughs> severely yeah. uh, i mean having a building fall on you will do that <laughs> <sighs> yeah uh, so it, that the his character arc through the season to me was a little annoying at first but very interesting at the same time. It was a little much in the beginning, though. Okay, cool. Uh, so we're jump around a little bit here. Well, uh, what foggy? What do you think about foggy throughout the season? That it was, it was comedic because he was like, you know what? Fuck everybody. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do this because no one's saying shit about shit, and uh, I'm gonna say shit about shit. So <laughs> let me ba- let me just do that. He basically picked up the void that Matt kind of left by not being Daredevil by standing up for the people's Hell's Kitchen against Fisk. Yeah. And that was interesting him running for like the DA and everything and just like him putting himself out there like Matt should have been doing. Yeah. And I don't know. It was wasn't my favorite character, but you know what it, it almost reminded me of? Uh, so you have Matt Murdock and then you have um, Foggy who are like two sides of Bruce Wayne, right? So Daredevil is Batman. You saw my parents were murdered. 
What's that? The sulky my parents from Murderside? Yeah. Yeah. And then Foggy is the, the person who would be like out in the public. Because, you know, Alfred always says to, to Bruce Wayne, like, why don't you just give money to like, you know, better the security of the, the city, like hire people so none of this shit happens. Be public about everything. So Foggy goes and does that, whereas Matt is just takes the daredevil and is like very private behind the shadows yeah yeah so i don't know i saw that duality there and it played very nicely so do you think at times foggy is really a pressure release valve for the show because he he kind of has like a little bit of that misty snarkiness to him at times oh sure and and it diffuses some sometimes otherwise tense situations um <laughs> yeah exactly um but he also sometimes carries a little bit of the dramatic weight too he does he did t- do a lot of the heavy lifting with that this season um and yeah he was there mainly just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit because some of the scenes in this season got dark mm-hmm. really heavy so they needed him to kind of lift that up a bit yeah especially when it came to like i mean i mean Really, the th- out of the three main characters, two of them were extremely heavy this season. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking not Punisher heavy. No, I'm talking Matt and Karen. Like that, that was some dark. Karen got like dark really shit. dark, like Spe- really fast. Well, speaking as a nice segue, boys, would h- how'd you feel about Car- Karen's arc throughout the season? I have some thoughts. So, <laughs> <laughs> look, drop some thoughts. All right, uh, spare no expense. I don't care about spoilers. So there was always this need for me to know more about Karen Page's backstory um, in, no. in the show, right? Because, like, yeah. you know, in the comics, but there's always some, you know, subtle differences for a show. Uh, and I was really looking forward to that. However, I think they really misplaced yeah. her, her backstory in terms of where they put it in the season. So, you know, that, it's interesting you bring that up because... That was a that was a complaint that we lodged against both uh, Iron Fist season two and Luke Cage season two. Like some of the backstory, like with Bushmaster, that story came way too late. Yeah, and it disrupted the flow of the season. And with Iron Fist, it was um, oh god, there, there was something significant. Davos. That I, it may have been Davos, and it, and it just happened so far into the season that it was just like nah, all right. And I don't think it, this. With Karen, it wasn't so much that it came so late that be useless. It was just misplaced. Like right. if they had put that earlier in the season, it would have served, I think, a better purpose there. One hundred percent. Because where they had it, basically, you had this massive fight scene between Matt and Bullseye, um, and Bullseye's coming after Karen, trying to kill her and whatnot. And then like like, he, like he's want to do. Yeah, and so like they face off at in the top of the church. Bullseye has got Karen in his sights. And then that's that, that's the end of one episode. The next episode picks up with Karen's backstory for half the episode, and then you go straight back oh, to the fight. More than half. So it's that's, just that's that's it, weird. it was a weird placement. It that's, was more than yeah, definitely more than half, and it was so jarring. So it's yeah. weird. Um, so I sort of watched The Walking Dead, not so much anymore. But anytime they got into a character's backstory, somebody was about to die. Like it just it was just like every time that happens, it's like, oh, you're about to die. So I mean would've... they they kind of played it off like it was supposed to be like that, but then yeah. of course, you know, Matt saves the day, but Absolutely. Uh, throwing me off there. Yeah, but it it seriously was like the exact 
same season layout as um, Luke Cage season two. That's it, that's disturbing. Yeah, but bit. but it worked for Daredevil. Everything except for putting Karen's backstory in where Bushmasters was, you know, for Luke Cage. You know, ah, and like just, the actual backstory itself was nice. It was nice to know a little bit more about Karen. Yeah, it just could have been moved but, a little bit. I yeah. mean, fucked up. Oh, very fucked up. But yeah, nice to see. Uh, wish they had put it earlier. All right, so jump to another character, Kingpin. What'd you feel about oh, his? Oh my god! Oh my god! The OKP. Oh my god! <laughs> he is big old Willie Fisk. Yeah, big old Willie. There's every time he's on screen. There's just so much tension. <laughs> it. <laughs> That's so good. He does such a fantastic job. So sometimes his voice does get to me a little bit. It, like, sometimes, yes. I want Vanessa. <laughs> but like, I, I understand it. It's his take on the character. I do appreciate it. But sometimes I'm just like, all right, man, tone down a little bit. Listen, it seems like every every line he has, <laughs> he's really just trying to, as seriously as he can, get through a conversation and be intimidating while holding in the most ginormous shit. <laughs> He has ever needed to take in his life. Because he's like, he's constantly like pressing his hands together, like pressing his fingers together. Like he's getting so, so worked up, but he's really trying to keep like a straight face. He's, he's just going nuts. Right. But it just, and he's like constantly shifting. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, That's poop. You know, like you got to go, dude, go. Like, don't talk to me about, you know, who you want to come back from another country. Just go take a dump and talk to me like a normal human being. But uh, like every line that he delivers in this season, you he delivers it in such a way that you know that there's an ulterior motive behind everything that he does. Of yeah, which of course there is, but it's just it. He was so well written this season that, and he did such a great job portraying it. Yeah, he did, and it's it's great because it's really easy to have an ulterior motive and make it known by poor acting. Mm-hmm. It's called telegraphing. But, but if you if you didn't if you if you didn't know the character, you wouldn't know. Like, oh, this motherfucker's up to something. Mm-hmm. You know? It was it was very good. He he really did a great job. Still the best written character, uh villain, uh rather, in all of the Netflix MCU. I would say so probably. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. He I think he was a big factor as to why the show kind of got out of its slump. So here I'm gonna throw out an interesting curveball here. If they had made Kingpin the the center of Defenders, would it have been a better show? No, because I don't think I don't think anything Kingpin Kingpin could have done would have warranted all like the Defenders. Like they could have just taken him down. What I mean, like, what if he he had been the one enlisting the hand instead of Sigourney Weaver's Alexandra? Right. Well, he doesn't have the resources they do. It, it, it's not it, as a threat, not as big as a threat. It's hard to tell. I mean, with all these like what if scenarios, it's hard to tell because it depends on how they would have written him, what kind of motives they would have had for him, and whatnot. I'm I'm, I'm tempted to say it might have, um, just because Vincent D'Onofrio can pull off that like he's great in the role. Yeah, everything he does is fantastic, which which makes it fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Finally, let's hit uh, Dex. A.K.A. Bullseye. Yes. I mean, I'm a little upset they never call him Bullseye the entire season. He did get the hat. He, I'm sorry. Very, very briefly. Yeah, it I know. It must have been very hard for you. He plays the unhinged psychopath so well. It is scary. I, I love that line 
that they used throughout for mm-hmm. him. I'm oh sorry, that must have been very hard for you. He learns that early on from his therapist, and yeah. he just it once like you learn that that was the therapist trying to tell him this is how you should act. This is how a normal person shows empathy. <laughs> it just keeps coming back, and it's just chilling every Except single time. Except there's no time. empathy. Exactly. It's like cold dead eyes. Yeah. It's so chilling. <laughs> Dude, like that he might be my favorite part of the season. He did a phenomenal job. They wrote yeah. him so well. Dark Horse MVP right there? Th- Possibly, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, that's pretty much it for the characters. I didn't want to get anything else. Um, action sequences. Who, buddy? Jesse, this is all you. <laughs> they did a really good job with them, um, especially the bullseye ones. Yes. Just watching him like ricochet things off of everything just to get his target it they're just so much fun to watch um and it, it's it perfectly it's like a perfect counterpoint to um the action that you're used to seeing with Matt Murdock yes with bullseye it's very fast paced like launch this here go attack someone there whereas Matt Murdock with Matt stuff it's a lot more up close and personal and yeah. dirty well, and, yes. and he's able to to wait things out because he he can feel everything so he like he knows okay wait two seconds here instead of ducking exactly. now you know but with with bullseye it's like nope just gotta keep moving now mm-hmm. and just I can't More stop tricky, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like the comparison that we had with Luke Cage and Bushmaster yeah where they had the very different styles between them yeah that's it, it was amazing true. it really so it really good. was um the first episode that you see bullseye up against Daredevil it's like. You you don't you don't even see it coming. The one right? in the newspaper. Yes. Oh my god. It's it's ah uh, everything is so intense and so well shot. And that's the entire season though. That's not just yeah. like a one off thing here and there. The entire season yeah, is like so that. I don't know why. I don't know why, and it drives me crazy. I that can't tell you why. That's true. I I can't. Why this show is always so well shot. The sh- like the shots from the very first season, that hallway scene, to uh, the second season where they, they literally rip pages from the comic book and put it on screen, to this season, specifically that one shot um, that we talked about blindsided, where yeah. Matt infiltrates the prison with like a 20-minute just tracking shot behind him. Like, it's, like, they do such a good job with cinematography, yep. and I don't know why that hasn't rubbed off on any other show. Like, I don't think necessarily Jessica Jones, like, I think that, that first season... The mood was right. It didn't need a whole lot of crazy cinematography, but this show, for some reason, just takes to a whole different level. And so, I feel like some of the other shows may not necessarily need like this intensive cinematography. I think Iron Fist could probably benefit from it. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. 100% agree with that. Um, it, this show just lends itself to that to that type of shooting. Um I think every other show is shot how it should be, honestly. Maybe Punisher could go a little bit with it. Maybe a little bit. A little not bit, not, not overdone, lot. though. Yeah. Because, I mean, just think of the, the sequence that could go with Punisher. Like, just like running, running through like a warehouse of yeah. people. Like, that yeah, would be some be shit. Nasty. I almost feel like that kind of a shot, though, works best for like hand to hand combat. Yeah. Which is why Gunplay's I think. a little different. Well, yeah. Have I you mean, ever Gunplay s- can work very well with it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But I feel like for these shows, hand-to-hand combat is probably a little bit better for it. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen the movie Equilibrium? Yeah. I've been meaning to. Okay. You should really watch that movie and pay attention to the last sequence 
because it is I don't, I don't think it's all one shot because that wasn't like something that people did at the time that the movie was made um but that sequence just imagine it being one shot and that being punisher oh well, gunplay can work yeah it can, it can. Um, true detective first first season about halfway through there's there's a scene where they're they're running through like a neighborhood and it's just literally one continuous shot the yeah. entire way through I've, and it's fucking sick i've seen plenty of stuff where they do do gunplay i just feel like when it comes to the netflix stuff it may not work yeah. as well okay yeah plus punisher's tends to be a little more brutal so, yeah like you want to see like a little bit more of a wide shot and mm-hmm. cuts to stuff yeah you're right you're right so um pacing the story what'd you think about except oh, well, for the, we talked about the karen yeah page except thing. for the karen page stuff i thought it went pretty well um they did spend a whole episode delving into dex's backstory but i think that was necessary um oh, they yeah, needed to absolutely. explain where he came from basically yeah other than that, though, I think they um, they spent just met the right amount of time with Matt and his um, crisis of faith. They spent just enough time with like Foggy going out into the spotlight and trying to take on Fisk the legal way. Um, I think they did pretty well with it. Uh, I think the first three episodes were too slow. Uh, there there was too much of Matt Murdock being too like emo essentially like just lashing Peter Parker out and Spider-Man 3 yeah no <laughs> seriously it was to me that's it was on that level mm. I was like uh, I don't know if anything could ever reach that level I was like uh, was he dancing in the street swooping like, his hair in front of his face nah he wasn't but it, it was just too much for me uh I think in the middle of episode three is where it started to pick up there was there was a good sequence with with Matt going back out into the world um that really brought me back into it. But I guess those first two and a half episodes were like, uh, like I've just been watching this for two and a half hours and like nothing is happening except for him just complaining about the same shit. So other than that though, fucking gravy. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, right before we get to your, your overall thoughts on this, uh, best moments, Best moment, definitely that one scene in that episode with the tracking shot. Yeah. The present scene. Hands down. Oh, yeah. Yep. Hands down. Uh, Either that or the conversation that Karen had with Wilson Fisk uh, in his penthouse in like episode seven or so. It's just, it was, oh my God. Like every single word that they, every line that they bounced off each other, you could just feel the tension rising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was there was a moment with Nadim, Agent mm-hmm. Nadim, that I don't want to spoil for Mike. To say it, um, I'm gonna forget about it like three seconds after I walk out of here anyway. So, th- say it. I, I don't want to say it. Say it. Goddamn, Are you talking say about it. like the second to last episode? Just no. say it. Say it because you're making me mad and you're not saying it. Just <laughs> fucking say it. There is there is an episode where Nadim essentially finds out about the conspiracy that. You know, a lot of people are in mm-hmm. on Fisk's, you, you know, the taking Fisk, over the FBI. Yeah, Fisk basically takes over everything. So there was, there was one moment with Nadim where shit just fucking goes sideways and his whole world, like reality, comes crashing down on him. Yep. That moment was like, oh, I can't even imagine being this dude right now. 
you know so that that was probably my favorite moment he's just trying and, to do his job and everything just goes to shit yep just in one moment so and you'll you'll know it when you see it if you haven't watched the season i don't want to spoil it for you but you'll know it overall what do you guys think on that season i know what you thought Oh, yeah. You scored it. You wrote the review for thetwistedcape.com. I did. You should go check it out. It is featured right at the top of the page. It should be. Yes. Um, hands down, best Netflix show, best season so far. Yeah, can't we do, redo the rankings after uh, I guess Punisher launches? Yeah. Once we get through that, we should redo those. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is easily number one. <laughs> Sam, I would have to agree. This is the best season that Netflix ever produced. Uh. The best action, I think the best story, and best acting. Oh, yeah. Honest to God. Best, best characters, um, writing, yeah, all of it, top notch. So, yep, I don't think it could get much better than this. I agree, uh, for what I've seen so far. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to watch the rest of it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I was I was absolutely in. So uh, that's our thoughts on Daredevil so far uh, until I watch it and then in- inevitably say something about it like four months from now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They'll be like, what the hell? You're only just now you- finishing it? <laughs> what the hell, dude? We uh, talked about that four months ago. <laughs> listen, Mike keeps us up on all the comics. All yeah. right. The least we can do is keep him up on all the shows. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, but it has been an enjoyable experience so far. Um, so, hey, if you have any thoughts or anything, make sure you hit us up. Uh, shoot us an email or a Facebook message or whatever. We'll definitely circle back to this if you guys ever want us to. All right. So that's it for Daredevil. What we got coming next? All right, Jesse, we got And I'm not buying it from you. Uh, what's this going to be like tonight? Um, so, yeah, there was a few things while I was watching Daredevil that I was like, okay, what just what's going on here? But I think the one thing that stuck out to me the most, which became very evident toward the end of the season, how is it that every single person in the FBI is such a shit shot? <laughs> like, you are literally trained on how to fire this gun under stressful situations. They got Star Wars syndrome? Yes! They're all fucking stormtroopers. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're not wearing helmets, though. Ex- They're wearing those big... <laughs> <laughs> so they have literally no excuse. I, I just don't get it. Like, how do you miss... Like, I understand... No, I don't understand. No. I was about to say that they're on Fisk's payroll, so of course they're going to miss the shots, but even when they're shooting a Daredevil, they, they miss everything. Like, what the hell? I know it's a moving target, but like, aren't they trained to You're trained to, to do a that. Target? Like, Are you fucking kidding me? What? I mean, I think that's that's a TV that's a TV thing, but... I know, like, but it's, still, it's just like, you're the fucking FBI. Like you shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't be a bad shot. Like that's that's like you <laughs> go get retrained or hand in your gun now because you don't deserve it. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you try to protect my country with with your stormtrooper shot ass? <laughs> that's terrible. You're absolutely right. Good call. <laughs> so that is I'm not by with Jesse, and I am absolutely with you on that one because that was bullshit. Um. So next we are moving into some. Some heavy sad yeah. news you know it's it's gonna be a heavy a heavy time going through this one it's something that we all knew was going to happen eventually but we knew we were never going to be prepared for yeah no and and we weren't and i mean look none of us lives forever we we <laughs> we know that the clock starts ticking from the moment we got here but um this was this was painful uh, if we're going to be honest, uh, of course, we're talking about the passing 
of Stanley. So just gathered some quick facts before we just started really talking about Stan. Um, so his actual name was Stanley Martin Lieber. Um, he actually changed it to Stanley uh, amid concerns of discrimination. Um, it's fair because he came up in the forties. Yeah, where, exactly. You know, uh, Jewish people weren't really loved yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, um, and that's putting it mildly. Um, so he started working in comics in the forties. He also served in the army. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did not. Uh, he did uh, some technical work with with machinery and whatnot, and writing as well. Um, uh, and he worked obviously with two absolute legends. In Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, mm -hmm. um, which was awesome. So, I compiled a list of the characters that Stan created and/or worked on. It's gonna be a long list, and I couldn't, I couldn't even put everything in there because there's so much, and I didn't want to waste our time because I, I want to get our our thoughts, obviously. So, give us the big hitters. Run through this. So, uh, interestingly. Stan created the Fantastic Four with Jack Kirby, obviously, mm -hmm. to be Marvel's answer to, of all things, Justice League. Really? Yes. Interesting. He wanted a grounded team with, like, relatable, real people. They're not, like, these godlike beings, yeah. obviously. Uh, and he wanted to be a family. That was important to him. Um, and then with Kirby, he uh, co-created Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, and the X-Men. <laughs> one guy. One guy, uh, you guys. Yep. One guy. Then with Bill Everett, he co-created Daredevil. And then with Steve Ditko, he co-created Doctor Strange and, of course, Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, I, have, I, have a, I have a terribly heartbreaking story to tell about that later. Um, so they, he wanted them to all inhabit the uh, shared universe. And then Stan and Jack went and created the Avengers <laughs> and revived the Submariner and Captain America all at the same time from the 40s. So, like, this is huge. This is unbelievable. Um and while he was at Marvel, obviously he, he founded that catchphrase Excelsior, which again perfectly encapsulates Stan. Uh, Stan. Um, it, it, it means so much. And then there were other notable characters that he created um, for various reasons. Robbie Robertson, who was the first mainstream black character in any comic book um, as a supporting character. Um, Inhumans, Black Panther, which was again another like complete flip of what black characters were because generally they were reformed prisoners mm -hmm. or, or what have you drug addicts so it, it was crazy to see one that's a king of his own country galactus uh there's no more fun character in comics to me uh silver surfer and falcon among others um dude just went so crazy um interesting tidbit uh stan also wrote for dc later on really in 2000 i, think I did know yes. that so I forget what they called it. Um, I think I might have it here. It was called Just Imagine. It was a series called Just Imagine where he did takes on, and I think they were like manga style. Mm -hmm. So he did takes on Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, Flash, and Green Lantern. I, I want to read those. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of, I want to read everything that he did right yeah. now. Like, like that's where I am. Um, and then uh, we all know about his late life struggles. Right. Um, and we know about his later in life struggles. I mean, we've reported about, I'd really, about it I'd really year. prefer not to get into that too much right now because I feel like it, we talked it, about it, it kind of yeah. like it takes away from, from the guy he was. So, um, just want to ask you guys what Stan kind of meant to you just in general. Well, he was always that 
guy that stood up for the right thing. He was the one that always preached inclusivity and always tried to progress people and bring out the betterment in people. And I, I think it's probably the biggest thing that's going to be sorely missed is just his yeah. his ability to do that and to just inspire people. I agree. So, to be honest, I I didn't really have a fascination with Stan Lee uh, until much later in my life. I didn't really... Not that your life is super long right now. You're right. You're mid-20s. Right. But, like, it, it honestly wasn't until, like, my early 20s I was like, oh, wow, Stan Lee is the person who made, like, all like of these everything. characters. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but before that, really, my entire life, Spider-Man has been it, right? Yeah. He's been the the person, the hero for me. Um as long as I can remember, I always so I think some of my first memories are of playing with a Spider Man the animated series, um, like action figure. Oh, what a good show. Right? So that that was the first toy I remember. And that's the one of the first shows I remember watching. And <clears throat> I always thought, Wow, this guy always does the right thing no matter what. Um, and, and that just stuck with me my entire life. Um, you know, like other superheroes have, have their struggles, but they're more on like a grand scale and Spider-Man just seems so local and so close to home for me. Uh, and for him to like always do the right thing while constantly struggling was just something I, I never let go of. So that, that's carried me uh, through my entire life that that philosophy you just you just need to help others who who need help no matter what so and stanley did that you know he gave that character to me and then that's led me through my life so that's what he's done for me um i'm gonna try to do this without crying because it's it, it really is like among the hardest things that i i think i've dealt with um so stan is huge like for for a lot of the reasons that you both have said um jesse like you you brought up his his theme of inclusion right and it's it's one of these things that started when being inclusionary was not cool no it was it was radical almost and um as a as a minority as a person of color like that means everything the fact that he embodied that struggle in a creative work and did it in a way that it wasn't necessarily preachy, but it was also fun to read uh, and created these characters that you loved to read about. Um, it, it means everything. It really does. Um, and Stan was always like a stand-up guy. Like you knew that he wasn't just bullshit. Like he was saying this stuff and he believed it. With he meant every, every word, every fiber of his being. And there aren't people like that. Like, that just does not happen. Um, and when he created certain characters, um, especially Spider-Man, as we all as we all know, I'm wearing a Spider-Man shirt right now. Uh, as we all know, Spider-Man, like Sam, is my, my most favorite character of all time. Um, Stan early on said, I gave him a mask and a full body suit 
because to the public under that under that mask he's every one of us he's he's that little girl down the street he's that he's that guy that you see riding the bus like he's he's everybody he has all of our struggles he knows what it's like to struggle to make rent or or like he might have highly anticipated date and then he would get a pimple like like those are things that everybody has to deal with and to have the foresight to think about that in the 1960s like think about that that's crazy Uh, and and make a character that relatable or any one of these characters that relatable is absolutely mind-blowing um i was saying right before we we started airing this i actually got a chance to get up close and sort of personal around stan and uh he's everything you could have wanted him to be he was he was kind and funny and generous with his time um he's just a great great dude um so we we've really lost uh an icon and what what he's not telling you is Shortly after that encounter, he had Mike removed from the uh, from the premises. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I follow him. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I know. Where um, are you? So speaking of Spider Man, um, I read a story and absolutely broke my heart. Um, he was talking to his first editor at Marvel. Um, so if you didn't know, they tried to kill Spider Man. Like not like like the character, but like they didn't want to run Spider Man at all. Marvel was actually going out of business. Yeah, and Stan was like, "Well, if we're going out of business, let I'm me just, try just, it. Oh, yeah. Fuck it, I'm just gonna throw this out here." And he throws it out, and it's a massive hit. And so that that led into to him like creating more and more characters and spiraling out of control and creating this thing that we all love for some reason or another. And he's he's had. A number of positions at Marvel. Oh yeah, and and they haven't all been with Marvel technically. It's been different companies throughout the decades, but and they all haven't been great either. But no, but yeah, he's he's been from the he he literally worked from the bottom of the industry to, to the tippy top. Yeah. Like you couldn't you couldn't have gone so any any higher the than bottom to the icon of the industry. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so he. Uh, a couple days before his death, um, I I think he knew. I think he knew. I mean, obviously he's 95. His health had been failing for a while. Um, and he talks to his um, first editor-in-chief. Uh, I think his name is Roy Orson, Orbison, something like that. Um, Roy Orbison? Yeah. I think. I think like the musician? N- no. Yes, no. I don't know. Um, thrown off by his name whatever uh and he you know they're having a good conversation um talked for about an hour uh by by the account and right before he hangs up he says hey um just make sure you take care of my boy for me he's talking (laughs) god damn it he's talking about spider-man and that for me was like oh my god he cares so much about these characters and he loves them so much and he knows that he, he's leaving them in good hands, which is, uh, which is absolutely amazing. Um, that's an awesome story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was, it was incredible. Um, and you know, he's like every creator possible has had some kind of run in with Stan, some kind of influence. Obviously they're, they're writing these stories and their stories were influenced by Stan. Like the 
most crazy thing about a lot of these early stories is there were no story arcs. No. They were all single single stories, yep. self, self-contained, and they had a beginning, middle, and end, had humor, had drama, had intensity, and it was one issue. And that doesn't happen anymore. Like, you get stuff in, in an issue, um, and it, you know, gives you a cliffhanger, so you come back next month. Um, Stan didn't really do that a lot. He told a story. He worked with some of the best artists of all time, and they delivered these amazing visuals. Doctor Strange, early early Doctor Strange is some of the most trippy shit you will ever read. Well, and I mean, it was the 60s. I yeah, mean. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and it was it's it's cool. And then it, I'm happy that he got to see it on big screen. You know, like do, especially Doctor Strange. <laughs> right. That shit was wild. Um, did yeah. you did you see the picture someone posted of Stan Lee, like young Stan Lee and Tom Holland? Yes. Like they they've been showing that for like a few months. People have been posting that. It's been circulating the internet for a few months. Okay. See, I I didn't see it until it's crazy after he passed away. It's crazy. It's uncanny. You know, he, <laughs> I don't it, see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, um. But God damn, they look like the look like the same goddamn persons. <laughs> I would say to them, "You want the ice cream cone?" Both of them say yes. <laughs> How in the hell? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I th- I think that was that was dead on. Like when I first time I saw it, I was like. Holy shit, that's insane! Um, yeah, uh, I thought I thought it was crazy. Um, and there's and there's been tributes like crazy. I don't know if you guys have seen any of these uh, online, uh, Twitter in particular. Um, but Chadwick Boseman, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth actually wants every like Marvel hero to show up to his funeral full costume for Stan. That I, would be that'd be gonna be great. I mean, it'd be a great honor. Yeah. Thing. I mean, it's like you created these exactly. characters, and they're they're like a billion like, dollar industry and right these now. These actors and stuff like they obviously like the character enough to keep portraying them, and they have a connection with these characters. So yeah, it would be fitting. And uh, <laughs> you know, all right. So one of the things I love about Stan is these cameos. Yes, and these cameos go beyond just the MCU. Uh, the Spider-Man show you were talking about earlier. Yeah, he is in like that entire last episode. Um, really yeah that's yep. right because so in that in that last episode of spider-man there's spider-man from multiple dimensions and the one that is followed throughout the entire series goes to another dimension where spider-man is a fictional character like just like our universe yeah and he comes there for stan lee and stan's like well, I must be going crazy right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because uh, you're not real. Uh, I made you up, and he like he takes him back to his own world where you know Spider-Man is a real person, and he gets this web swing around Spider-Man. Like, yep, it's it's it's, it's amazingly touching. It's it's a great uh, episode of a cartoon. That's yeah. that is my first memory of Stan Lee. The Spider-Man PS4 game has a really nice cameo. For I was about him. to say, yeah, he's yeah. Um, he's been in several video games. Yeah, well, this one was especially great because um, it was a scene where Peter and Mary were um, talking about something in the pizza shop, and so all of a sudden the sirens go off. Peter leaves and whatnot, and as Mary Jane is walking out the door, you see Stan Lee, who's the proprietor of the place, <laughs> and he just kind of looks at them and she's like, "I hope you two work out. You two are always my favorite." <laughs> <laughs> um, so interesting fact about that, 
Um, so John Semper is the person who was in charge of Spider-Man, the animated series. Uh, he's the one who really brought up that show. Uh, before him, it was like not even going to happen. It was just going to be dead. Um, but one of the things that Stan Lee told John was, you make Mary Jane and only Mary Jane the only female in Peter's life in this show. That's that's yep. how much Mary Jane like in Peter's relationship meant to Stanley. Yep. Like it's it never it hasn't ever changed, you know? It's crazy. Uh speaking of um Spider-Man cameos, so like all this stuff has come out since his passing. Uh Sam Raimi did not want to do a Stanley cameo in Spider-Man. Like the original Really? Well yeah. he must feel like a big dick right Yeah, now. he must feel like an absolute <laughs> ass. But like he initially didn't want to do it. Like and Did I don't he say a reason why I don't remember the reason why I read it a couple of days ago and um, obviously a lot's happened since then so um, but I mean it ended up happening yeah it, it happened and he, he all right so favorite favorite Stanley cameo in the movies hmm. um, it's for me it's between excuse me are you Tony Stank, Stank. <laughs> <laughs> like that actually elicits a belly laugh from me still <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and uh and then the amazing spider-man cameo where they're fighting in the background and spider-man's like like yeah oh, like yes. he's a janitor yeah that like, one was a pretty great one that's pretty good I, or I no he has headphones on and he's like looking yes. through books yes. yeah he's in the library librarian or whatever i'm trying to, i'm struggling to remember some of these but I, he's had some great ones um uh <laughs> so deadpool <laughs> i was gonna say I mean, deadpool's ones are great <laughs> so even though even though technically he has no tie to deadpool <laughs> right uh yeah, I think Deadpool is my second favorite and my first one is from Homecoming. Yes, Where's I love it. Don't make me yeah. come down there, I was, you I was punk. Just thinking about that one. Well, yeah. It isn't even that line, it's the next one. It's like Marjorie, say hello to your mother. Like because <laughs> it reminds me of like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> say hello to your mother for me. Like really? <laughs> any any other line, but that's that's why they're great. So Homecoming is definitely first for me, and then um, Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool is good. Uh, the <laughs> the the one party in Avengers two, I think, where they're drinking, uh, and Stan's like, yeah. I was like, oh, I drink anything. <laughs> Essentially, calling Thor a pussy, and then he's just like, he like takes a shot, and he's like, Excelsior, just like being dragged out. God. It was fantastic. They were all just yeah, for the most part, wonderful. And the magic was it, it was yeah. just you know Stan. Um, so I know he's got a few coming up still because Marvel was smart and uh, pre-recorded a lot of the yeah, yeah they did a whole lot. So I know he did one in Into the Spider Verse, like mm -hmm. I said earlier. Uh, Avengers Four, I'm sure he has one in and Captain I think Marvel. Captain Marvel, and I think Far From Home might be his, think his that, final one. Which I, I if it is Far From Home, it's great because that fitting. was like that was his it's, it's, his, it's baby. his baby. Yeah. But if Avengers is the final one, then at the same time, that's also fitting because it's the end of this era for the MCU. So. Yeah. I absolutely agree. So here's something for you guys. Uh, I just looked up a list of the Stan Lee cameos just to make sure I wasn't missing my favorite one. Okay. Um, and I came across something interesting. Uh, the first article in Go in the Google search for Stanley cameos is an article saying replacing Stanley cameos with Deadpool is yeah. a fucking terrible idea. What do you guys think about this? 
so I I've seen various thoughts on this, and someone said that the only way they will accept it is if he's wearing like Stan's glasses and a Stan yes. wig and that Stan mustache. That's uh, what like, I, I, the second you said that, that's what I was thinking. Like, that's it, is it only, Deadpool dressed as Stanley? That's or? the only way it's acceptable to no. me. Yeah, because it it wasn't like the the cameos weren't. Like just some fun one-off gag that they were able to keep from movie movie. It was a tribute to him, right? Yeah, so exactly. to replace him with Deadpool, who he wasn't even really associated with, is it's just not right, right? I mean, and it, it could work if they're dressing up as Stanley because they're trying to be like, listen, this like you're gonna think of Stanley, yeah. Anyway, you're not gonna you're gonna be like, oh, that's funny. Like they're using this character to bring Stan to this movie. And I think Stan would actually kind of find it funny. Yeah, I, I think he. I would. think Ryan Reynolds would be totally up for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and what a huge honor too. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You got to continue his legacy. Really, really is. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think it could be done right. Um, it's definitely gonna be much, much, much different in a different era. Um. In terms of that, but you know, it could work. Uh, so I wanted to pull in some fan thoughts really quick. We got we got some submissions, but there was one in particular that stuck out. Uh, so Sam, I think you had that. I wanted to have you read that uh, for our listeners. Is it the one from Wes? Yes. Okay. So we had posted for you guys to send in, uh, submit your Stanley um, moments throughout your life, things that he brought into your life um that you just really have held on to and just mean like a lot to you so this is one of our fans wes who wrote in uh, in reference to stanley without the x-men i wouldn't have felt normal as an interracial man i grew up understanding and seeing bigotry and understanding what being different was about especially since i lived in a town that was 97 percent white when i was a kid the X-Men made me feel like I wasn't alone in this world. And Professor X made me think that we all would live in harmony one day. Also, my older sister and I would play an imaginary game where we would pick X-Men characters and we would be their children with a combination of their powers. That's awesome. Without Stanley, I truly do not know where I would be or who I would be. His creations molded my childhood and helped my brain understand stuff that I might not have been able to fully comprehend. I saw a tweet perfectly explaining Stan Lee. It said that he had the greatest superpower of all, making all of us feel like kids again. That's what his legacy is, in my opinion. Enough said. Excelsior. So, <clears throat> I think that perfectly encapsulates it. Um, Stan just had a way of affecting everybody from from those who've been here before us to all of us to those after us like my son loves spider-man and and a ton of other superheroes and we wouldn't have that without stan so his legacy will endure well beyond any of us uh and he truly stands as a titan of literature and comic books and fiction and just life, in my opinion. Uh, you guys want to roll into some final thoughts here? Yeah. So, uh, change subject here a little bit. <laughs> I know it was a little eulogizing going on here. Uh, but fuck you if 
you drive 10 miles an hour when there's any precipitation coming down from the sky. Uh, you ruined everything for over the last couple of days. We live in the Northeast. We got a little bit of snow, and it wasn't even enough to severely inconvenience us the way that it did. Um, no. Don't be an idiot. It was like nothing. It, it, almost, it, it, almost nothing already. comparatively. Yeah, it's remelted. <laughs> comparatively to the storms that we get here, it was nothing. And it was like the most acts. I think in one hour, there were 107 accidents reported what was this the goddamn south like that's not us like those are seattle numbers when they get like <laughs> a quarter inch of snow like they don't know how to do it they don't have plows like they literally don't have plows so <laughs> i don't know what silly. i don't know what you all were up to in pennsylvania yesterday because you all fucked up bad <laughs> like so hard people in europe you don't even know uh <laughs> like just come here for a snowstorm one time and, and just watch. Just just sit back and just sip your tea and watch. It is awful and um, hilarious. So if you are a klutz like me, um, <laughs> be careful around paint, especially oil based. paint. Yes. Today, especially if you are like me, have a decent amount of like arm hair and stuff. Oh no, that was a uh, fun. <laughs> I uh, was very um bad today disastrous today yeah. running into walls constantly i had to retouch the paint while also pe- peeling gl- paint out of my hair oh, that's gross <laughs> it's painful but on the bright side it did take you know a good turn whenever you bumped into something because you just got to retouch it and you know i got to make sure that it was good yeah <laughs> you, you did some some good retouches today and spilled daiquiris one time one time, hear about it forever. Hey, those weren't daiquiris; they were margaritas. I thought it was strawberry daiquiri. No, they were margaritas. Strawberry margaritas. Yeah, and you wasted the tequila. Yeah, that's true. That's the tequila, Mike. The tequila. If it was daiquiris. I wouldn't care. Waste the rum. Uh, I like fixing up a house. Um, it's fun. Yeah, especially when you have the time to do it. It is difficult. When you're working full-time and you don't want to not be in your own place because it's not fixed up yet. Oh, my God. It's very difficult. Um, (laughs) So if you're ever in that position where you just want to get shit done but you don't have the time to do it, it'll all work out. It's going to be tough to just sit back sometimes and just take it easy because you don't have the time to do it right then. But it'll get done and you'll do it the way you want to do it and it's going to be so satisfying yeah, satisfying at the end. Uh, I actually just got through about half of uh, the first season of Titans. They just released episode six, six. I think it was. Um, and it is the first time I've been disappointed by that show a little bit. Okay, oh like they God. said, it's good though. At they least. set a they set a high bar in those first few episodes, and uh, this, first five. Yeah, yeah, first five episodes, and it's just like. Uh, a little bit of a misstep, but it seems like they're ready to right the ship again. Okay. Heading in. So uh, that is encouraging. Nice. If you are thinking of getting a tattoo, remember, they are very addictive. I have been in these past few days really, really wanting my next tattoo. thinking it's been a very long time since my last one, which has only been about six months. So on a side note, if anybody in the Philly area knows a tattoo artist that does superhero tattoos very well, let me know. Eh, I might 
be able to send you somewhere. Perfect, because nice. I, especially now with all the Stan stuff, my new tattoo has two of Stan's characters, so yeah. I would like to do this soon. Yeah. Um, if you have a lot of life changes going on, uh, like major life changes, I'm talking like new job, new house, kid coming along. New gender. Yes. What? I mean, what? that is a pretty significant life change. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's life change. You it said is. life change. Is there so something you like to tell us, Mike, though? Just roll with it. No, no. No, I'm good. You're not going to be Michaela soon? No. Oh, God, that's a terrible name. <laughs> I think the natural progression for, for Michael to a female name is Michelle. Okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, anyway, yes, gender change, Tangent. of course. Um, <laughs> that's what we're good at. Uh, take time to appreciate everything. Um which is really hard to do if it all happens all at once. You don't have enough time to be excited or nervous about one thing because you have to be on go in another aspect of your life, um, which, you know, might cause some backup of emotions and might come out in a not... A massive shit? Yeah, exactly. Like Kingpin? An emotional oh, shit. Oh, Vanessa, God. I wanted her to keep that painting. <laughs> That was actually really good. Thank you. I liked it. Um, yeah. So just take the time to appreciate everything. And if you don't get to at that moment, just keep it in the back of your head and let it all come out in time. I think that's a good note for everyone. Just to keep in mind about anything. That's I agree. Yeah. Uh, last one for me. Uh, go buy and read some early stand work. Um, Excelsior. Hashtag stand work. I, I think that's a perfect spot to end it. I mean... Yeah. All right, guys. Well, until next time. Next show, just a reminder, we're, we pushed back our um, fan show from yes, this week. our anniversary our, yes. fan show. Um, in honor of Stan. That's how much he meant. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, fun fact, we would not be doing this if Stan never did anything that he that's did. That's very true. Um, yeah. That would just be left with DC stuff. And well, Which, they, I mean... They keep fucking up, so I mean... <laughs> but, but if we didn't have Marvel stuff, then DC might not be that bad. <laughs> Comparatively. Because we don't have anything to compare to. That is that is a <laughs> damn good point. <laughs> um, so anyway. Yep, so check out our Facebook. Check out our website. Twitter. Twitter. Check it all out. Alright? Share the Twistcast. We love all the feedback that you guys are giving us we love some more but we like what we're getting all right so until next time my name is sam i'm mike and i'm jesse stay twisted everybody excelsior